Hello and welcome to this old school Monday edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans, by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. You can follow me at Chris Belcher 24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The show is at PBW Podcast on those platforms. Make sure you give us a follow. Make sure you interact with us on social media. That is the best way for us to know if you're digging what we're doing. Uh, we want to talk about what you want to hear about. Again, best way for us to do that is on social media. So make sure that you give us a follow. Make sure you interact with us. And make sure you support all of our partners. Bodyslam.net, the YouTube channel. That's where you find the video version of our podcast. Hit that subscribe button and the notifications bell. And make sure you check out Bodyslam.net for all of the up-to-minute wrestling news, articles, editorials, lots of great stuff going on there. So make sure that you are checking out bodysun.net. Also, Sportswire Radio, your home for all sports coverage 24-7. Tom and the crew do a fantastic job over there, so make sure you support them as well. And if you are just listening to us on a traditional audio format on Spotify, on Google Play, on Apple Podcasts, wherever you have chosen to listen to our show, thank you for doing that. Give us a five-star review. Make sure you're downloading the show each and every Monday and Thursday. Once again, my name is Chris Belcher. Thank you for hanging out with me. Uh, Andy, my normal partner in crime, is out sick today. Not feeling well, so sending uh, speedy recovery to him. But had already planned on joining us, so it's just like old times now. Ladies and gentlemen, this guy's trying to be a regular again on this podcast, but here he is, my brother from another mother, the whole podcasting show. This is another episode that I don't think I could do without him. Ladies and gentlemen, Jared Justice. Jared, what's the haps, man? How's it going? How is it going, my friend? Well, you know, we're here. We hit the record button. The red light is on. Like I said, it's just like old times, me and you. That's very true. Yeah, I was uh, I was excited to do the show today. Still am excited. Um, and uh, I thought Andy was going to be on here, but um, unfortunately he can't be. Uh, but we still got me and you. We got the old school uh, connection going here. So uh, we're going to have a good time. We are going to have a good time. Uh, we both keep referencing old school. Today is all about old school. This Monday episode of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast Jared and I are going to devote this entire episode to Smoky Mountain Wrestling. That's right. You've, hear, you've heard us talk time and time again about going to Smoky Mountain events and a couple stories here and there. Well, today's episode is going to be devoted to all things Smoky Mountain Wrestling. The reason we're going to do that is because May 22nd, that was yesterday, if you're listening to this on the day that the podcast drops, May 22nd, is the anniversary of primetime Brian Lee becoming the first ever Smoky Mountain Wrestling Heavyweight Champion that happened in Knoxville, Tennessee at Volunteer Slam. So that was their real first big special event that they had. Crown primetime Brian Lee as the champion. So in honor of that, Jared and I thought it would be cool to dive into all of our fun memories uh, and opinions about Smoky Mountain Wrestling, because I'm telling you, Jared, we were talking before we hit record, Smoky Mountain does not get the love that they deserve because so many great things came out of Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and we're going to uncover a lot of that today. Yeah, man. Um, you know, nowadays you have, well, you had, I guess, NXT. Um, you had Ring of Honor. 
uh, before AEW came along, I mean, and you had some of these like feeder systems and you had relative uh, no names that would come up to WWE and become big stars. And back in the day, uh, most of these wrestlers came from Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Um, even before like ECW or anything like that, um, you had WCW, you had WWF, and then you had Smoky Mountain Wrestling that not many people knew about until it came to your town locally. And you would go, and a lot of times, in my opinion, those shows would be more fun than the WCW or WWF house shows or TV shows that you would go and see. Um, and, and And a lot of the wrestlers, you know, would be excellent wrestlers. Some of them never made it. But a lot of them, a lot of them did. And um, you could see them. And then like, you know, a couple of weeks later, sometimes you would turn on the TV and, oh, my God, there they are in WCW or in WWF. And uh, and you're like, I just saw them in Potbull or, you know, at Phelps or wherever, you know, some little crap hole place that nobody knows. Um, And it it was pretty cool, man. And I think that's one of the reasons Smoky Mountain doesn't get the spotlight that it should is because it was Southern wrestling. You were in the hills of Kentucky and West Virginia and Tennessee and North Carolina and that kind of thing. That's where the hotbed of Smoky Mountain wrestling was, whereas AWA was more in the in the West. Then you had the Texas territories with the Von Erics and all that kind of stuff. And I'm not discounting any of that wrestling. I'm just saying that Smoky Mountain, as you just said, and we're going to go through a lot of these wrestlers that came out of Smoky Mountain that maybe you didn't know came out of Smoky Mountain. Um, They did not get the love that they deserve, man, because not only did you have notable wrestlers, you had the WWF and WCW guys coming through there at random times, maybe they were recovering from an injury or they were doing a favor or what have you. But then, man, you had guys like the Dirty White Boy and like Tracy Smothers, and you have Tommy Wildfire Rich, and you have Bobby Blaze, and you have Nature Boy Buddy Landell, and you have... Uh, you what know, was his name? All- White, White Lightning Tim Horner? Was that Tim that Horner. Yeah. White Lightning Tim Horner. You had the heavenly bodies. You have all just, I could go on all day long about these Smoky Mountain Wrestling mainstays. Those were the ones that put on the good matches. Yes, the Undertakers and the Lex Lugers and the, you name it, put the butts in the seats and drew the house. But it was these guys that kept them around. And I would be remiss if I didn't say the Rock and Roll Express and, and those kind of guys. Those were the guys that kept you around. And for you and I, as little bitty fellers walking into that gymnasium, I'm telling you, I looked through a list today of these wrestlers that we probably saw at a lot of these events. It shocks me, man, at all the great shows that we saw. And it's a shame that we didn't have social media access back then because we'd have went to a lot more shows than we did because it was around everywhere, man. Yep. And I mean, we saw a lot of these guys, um, Chris Jericho, Kevin Sullivan, um, a lot of these guys, Lance Storm, a lot of them pass through, you know, sometimes just for one show or they right. do several shots. And we were young kids and we didn't even know who they were. And right. um, looking back, you're like, oh, my goodness, I saw Jericho um, before yep. that he was Chris Jericho before. He, I mean, he was probably Lionheart, I guess, at the time. Right. Um but look at look at what he has become and yep. we never even knew what we were witnessing 
We just, we just yeah, knew I'm, we were having a heck of a time. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so let's go through some of those. Jericho is the main one that I want to mention because what a lot of people probably don't realize is Smoky Mountain Wrestling, little bitty Smoky Mountain Southern Wrestling out of Knoxville, Tennessee, was the first American territory that Chris Jericho wrestled in. Chris Jericho made his name in Europe, Germany, Japan, Mexico, and then everybody knows him for a short stint in ECW, and then, of course, WCW and the WWF, and, of course, what he is now. But nobody realizes that he and Lance Storm debuted as the Thrill Seekers, their first American territory in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. How cool is that, knowing that Smoky <clears throat> Mountain Wrestling had a hand in shaping and producing not only Lance Storm, but, of course, Chris Jericho, like you just said. It's crazy, man. Um, I would love to. I mean, I guess a lot of the Smoky Mountain library is on WWE. I think they own it. But they I do. would love to have access, which, I mean, a lot of the shows probably weren't even recorded. I mean, they were probably house shows. But yeah. I think a lot of them were. And I would love to be able to go back and somehow find all these wrestlers that we saw mm-hmm. and we don't even remember. Um, right. But, but, but trying to stick topic here, uh, Chris Jericho. You know, you look at it. We saw him whenever we were little bitty failures, okay? Then we we go on to continue watching wrestling because we're stupid like that, like most people listening to the show. And uh, we see him in WCW, and you're like, oh, okay, that guy's pretty cool. And then he starts feuding with Goldberg, and you're like, hey, this guy's moving on up in the world. And then he's on WWF, and here he comes, and he interrupts The Rock. And you're like, my God, I saw out, you know, Weinhardt uh, in this old dirty arena. And, and, and folks, don't get me wrong. The hills will always be my home. That's where, you know, if I could bring the big city to the hills, I would have never left where I'm from. Right. So I'm not saying anything bad about, about any small towns because I love them the most. But, um, you know, and then we get to meet the man whenever that we go to his concert. And uh, why we didn't say something to him, or maybe you did. Um, I did not. We should have said something to him about. Uh, Remember whenever you came to Pikeville? Uh, because, you know, with Kevin Nash and his big running joke about Pikeville and what a what a hick town it is and stuff, I'm sure Jericho knows where that is and probably right. remembers it. Right. So that would have been cool. It's so awesome, man, to just to see where he came from. And a lot, again, a lot of these people, I'll, I've got a list. I'll run down the list. New Jack. Everybody knows New Jack from ECW and the craziness that New Jack has done. And then, of course, the Dark Side of the Ring documentary talks all about New Jack and all the crazier things that he's done. Was he against Taker? Did we see him against Taker? I thought so. Yes. So, New Jack started out, ladies and gentlemen, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Jared and I were in the house live to see The Undertaker and the Armstrongs in a six-man tag against New Jack and the Gangsters. Man, like, knowing what I know about The Undertaker and knowing what I know about New Jack, like, the meeting of the minds (laughs) trying to put that match together, if I could have been a fly on the wall for that, man, oh, my gosh. But, yeah, we saw it live. You know Taker probably just stood there and listened to everything he said and was like, "Mm mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. And then whenever he got out there, he just did whatever he wanted to do. Right. And there's nothing No Jack could have done about it. Right. Absolutely. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to go against the Undertaker in the middle of the ring? Like, come on. You're going to get fired if that happens. 
I mean, I don't think he cared, but still. I think I think Taker would have uh, started throwing some bombs at him and probably yep. let him know who was the Green General if I was a betting man. Absolutely. Because New Jack is not a good wrestler, ladies and gentlemen. In case no. you have never seen this man perform, it's not much performing to it. He grabs random objects and bashes people over the head. Um, he tries to cut people. He's went too far a few times, and he launches himself off of things. That's right. basically what his whole career is. I don't think in an actual fight that he would stand a snowball's chance in hell against the Undertaker. That's <laughs> just my not. own personal opinion. But probably not. There's not too many people that would. Uh, no, no. If, if I if I'm being for real, I mean, you can line up about five people. One of them being Brock Lesnar that might be able to take the Undertaker in an actual fight. But there's not too many. I mean, yeah. and New Jack is certainly not on that list. Uh, but man, guys like D'Lo Brown, guys like Al Snow. Um, I mentioned Primetime Brian Lee earlier. For those of you who don't exactly know who Primetime Brian Lee is, he went on to be the fake Undertaker at SummerSlam 94. He also was Chains in the Attitude Era, the leader of the motorcycle gang DOA. Uh, also in that motorcycle <laughs> gang, the Harris brothers, Ron and Don Harris, they came and smoked him out in wrestling. Uh, you had Dutch Mantell, who we all know, Bob Cottle, Lance Russell, even Brian Clark had a run as the Punisher in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. For those of you who don't know, Brian Clark became Adam Bomb in the WWF and Wrath in WCW. Um, if you all have, have never had the chance um, to read Dutch Mantel's books, man, do yourself a favor, buy a copy of these books and read those. He is an extremely entertaining individual. And back in the day, I remember looking at him and thinking, Who's this guy? Did he come from uh, up 58 holler here? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he looks like a Pikeville native, but, um, but yeah, no. he's a pretty entertaining guy. So all those names, those were all mainstays coming out of Smoky Mountain Wrestling and going into what that we saw today. The biggest one of those, I didn't even mention him, but I got to throw him out there is Unibob better known to everybody else in the world as Kane or Knox County Mayor Glenn Jacobs, whichever you prefer. That's got to be. It's got to be. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's got to be. It's Kane. <laughs> or before that, fake Diesel, and before that, Isaac Yankum DDS. Nonetheless, though, man, yeah. So Kane is such an interesting story because we talked about seeing The Undertaker. We talked about seeing some of these WWF stars in there, and they would come through from time to time. But that's how Kane got his big break, man, is they needed a big man for The Undertaker to wrestle while he was in Smoky Mountain. And somehow, I don't remember the exact story of how Kane, as Unibom, got into Smoky Mountain, but he faced The Undertaker. And The Undertaker has said several times that as soon as that match was over, he went back to Vince and he said, you need to hire this guy. I want to work with him on the big stage. It took him a little while to get there. But man, that's exactly what happened. And you and I had the pleasure of getting to see Unabom a couple of times wrestle in Smoky Mountain. Uh, so if Jericho and Kane are probably the two big success stories from Smoky Mountain as far as a global superstar perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. But just, I mean, getting to see Unibom, and then I talked about a, about a month or so ago after that Andy and I went to WrestleMania, getting to see Unibom's 
wrestling gear on display that they found on the WWE Hidden Treasure show. They had it displayed at WrestleMania Access. Like, that's full circle wrestling fandom for me, getting to see that. All these years later, however many years later it's been, was so cool. Yeah, I'm thinking that he was in a coal miners glove match. That was a uh, yes. That was a staple of Smoky Mountain Wrestling, the old coal miners glove. Uh, I'm pretty sure we saw that. We were in attendance for that one. I can't remember who he faced. It was him and Al Snow teaming up against the Rock and Roll Express. Okay. I did not know that. Yes. But yes. So, getting to see that. Uh, but like I mentioned earlier, it was all the mainstays of Smoky Mountain that was that would put on the great matches. Jared, I mean, for for people who have been to Smoky Mountain or have any knowledge of Smoky Mountain, you can't not talk about Smoky Mountain. You can't think about Smoky Mountain without thinking of Tracy Smothers versus the Dirty White Boy and <laughs> all of their many, many brawls and fighting through the crowd and just talk about like not necessarily it wasn't pretty it wasn't technical it wasn't the five stars in the tokyo dome brother but man those matches it was like the rock and roll express versus the heavenly bodies and tracy smothers versus the dirty white boy it was though those rivalries that really shaped the foundation of smoky mountain wrestling yeah, so um, Dirty White Boy, he was a big old sal of a human being, uh, blonde, curly hair, probably stuck to high heaven, thinking back on it now. But uh, we would watch him, and I've told this story before. Um, I think you were with us. If, if you weren't sitting right beside me, then you were probably, I was probably looking at you sitting there with your dad. Um, probably. But uh, I remember Chasey uh, Smothers and uh, Dirty White Boy, they came up in the bleachers, and here they, here come one of them just rolling down the bleachers, you know, because the other one threw him down. Blood slinging everywhere. And I remember asking my mother specifically, how are they bleeding like that? Where, you know, uh, is that fake blood or is that real? Or, and I remember her saying, oh, no, honey, no. That, that can't be real blood. That, 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 that's fake. Somehow, whenever you weren't looking, they, they put some blood on them. But, I mean, uh, it was real. And yes. it was slinging everywhere. And they were right in the middle of people. Nobody cared. People were patting them and everything, probably getting blood all over them. And here they go, just rolling down the bleachers and back to the ring. And then they go on the other side, up the bleachers, through the stands, back over the railing, into the ring. I mean, everywhere, man. I mean, it was yep. a spectacle to behold. But like you said, it was like a, a mix between a, an excellent fight you would see in the uh, at the playground at school and <laughs> a wrestling match. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, they just sure. beat the crap out of each other. They did. They did. And both of those guys, there were, Jared mentioned near the top of the show that a lot of guys from Smoky Mountain Wrestling went on to do bigger and better things. We already talked about Chris Jericho and Kane and D'Lo Brown and Al Snow and yada, yada. Well, Tracy Smothers is a well-known name in our territory. And he, he had a little stint with WCW. Uh, he tagged with Scott Armstrong, I believe. Yeah. Um, and then the dirty, uh, he also had a little stint in WWF, and so did the Dirty White Boy. But they weren't known as Tracy Smothers and the Dirty White Boy when they went to WWF. They were mid card to jobber level talent. Tracy Smothers was known as Freddie Joe Floyd, and the Dirty White Boy was known as T.L. Hopper. 
Now, where in God's name do you reckon that Vince pulled that out of? It had to be somebody's butt crack. It's the only thing I can figure. <laughs> or a box of gimmicks. One of the uh, other. So, so here's what I want to bring up, and maybe you have it scheduled on the old uh, addendum at some point or the uh, your little run sheet. Maybe. But here, here's a name that I don't think you mentioned, and I'm shocked, and people have actually done podcasts on this topic specifically. There was one person I'm shocked never made it, and uh, that was Smoky Mountain Wrestling's version of the Nature Boy Ric Flair, the Nature Boy Buddy, Buddy Landale. And had it not been for his addiction issues, according to people who knew him and were around him, he could have been something really special. Yep. And I remember seeing him. He was another one of the top heels that would come through every so often that we would see, probably against Tracy Smothers or mm-hmm. um, somebody that WWF had landed to come down. Uh, I think he was against Shawn Michaels. Yep. Um, where was that at? It wasn't failed, I don't think. Uh, it was. I think it was somewhere in Tennessee, actually. Not too far from us. It was close enough that we could have made the trip, but I don't think either one of us knew it was happening ahead of time or something. I don't, I'm yes, it was, it was, it, like was it, it might've been, Williamson. it might, it may have been, they may have wrestled around the horn for a weekend or two or something like that. But yes, he definitely wrestled Shawn Michaels in Smoky Mountain. Yeah. I got, I got grounded. And so I did not get to go and attend that event, but uh, my mom either had tickets or was going to get tickets. And I ran my mouth as I'm known to do. And I, I got disciplined a little, little crap head over here. So, I that also know. happened. You were supposed to go to an autograph signing to see Mick Foley. Was that right? Was it? I did. Was it I did Foley? not. I did not. I did not get grounded for that one. That was during oh. the Attitude Era, and it was supposed to be in oh. that Rupp Arena. Mm-hmm. Um, Mick Foley was supposed to have been there, and somebody else. I don't think it was The Rock, but this was before Rock got you know insanely huge, right? So it it could have been. Um, I think Jerry Lawler was one that was either supposed to come or may have ended up coming anyways. But what happened with that particular time was um, I won tickets on a radio show. Or Mom won them for me. I'm not sure which way it went to go to this autograph signing. Well, for whatever reason, Mick Foley and whoever was with him probably was Rock. Maybe Owen. It was, hmm. it was, it was some combination of, of those four wrestlers I mentioned. Um, but anyways, uh, they had to cancel. And so hmm. as they make good, the radio station got us tickets to see Raw at Rupp Arena, where something big happened. Were you there for that? I one? was not. I, Austin, Austin drove. Something no, out, I don't think. think I was there. No, I don't think I was there. That sounds right. I think the Raw. It may have been the one you may be talking about. And again, this is not Smoky Mountain, so we're totally going off script here. It's fine. Um, I I want to say the Raw after Survivor Series '98. When Rock won the tournament and turned heel was in Lexington. I want to say that might be true. I know there was a Lexington Raw somewhere around that. May not have been the Raw right after, but that could be the one you're talking about. I'm not totally sure. Oh, oh man, to this day. It, it, I know. It, it breaks my breaks the old ticker that I didn't get to go. But they were doing a lot of stuff that they shouldn't have been doing or that some, somebody my age at the time should probably not have been in attendance for. And so uh, mom and dad deemed that I should not go. So, well, yes, I was very upset. 
So we had to stick with our southern wrestling, our Smoky Mountain wrestling. We were just hoping that some of these guys would come through. And like we said, we got to see The Undertaker. We got to see Axe from Demolition. And to this day, I will never meet him at an autograph signing because he was a jerk to your boys here on the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. He, he, was, he was not a good guy. I mean, maybe we'll crack it up that he was having a bad day or something, but he was not nice to these fellas you're sitting here listening to, was he? BTBFB, it was not either. <laughs> he was a douchebag, no. and so was Axe. Um, so if I'm thinking right, I think it was Axe that I, I think I actually had the figure. I think I had his figure and took it to him and was wanting uh, him to try to sign the figure, and um, he didn't have anything to sign it with or something. And anyways, he was like, uh, the only way that I will give an autograph is if you buy one of these 8 by 10s and you know whatever he was charging 15 20 bucks probably at the time maybe even just 10 10 15 but uh i grew up grew up poor man we both did kind of grew up you know we didn't have a lot of money and didn't have the money to, to give oax and so he just kind of turned his old nose up and he wasn't gonna do nothing uh right. same thing with uh with old bruti brother bruti uh mm-hmm. you know he was he was a crackhead too man on uh, on the flip side of that, for those of you who may not be aware of this, at all of these, if you go to any independent wrestling show to this day, everybody still has their gimmick table. Everybody's trying to sell their gimmicks, right? Well, it was even more prominent back in the 90s, especially at the old Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Everybody was selling their gimmicks. So much so, in fact, that the other side of Jared's story about acts, you look at the Rock and Roll Express. Rock and Roll Express would take the shirt off their back and give it to you if, you know, you were... Oh, man. Yeah. That, that, they were fantastic to you. But what was so funny about the Rock and Roll is they've told this story several times, so it's not like I'm breaking new ground here. They would get gifts from fans, you know, because the Rock and Roll Express was the most beloved tag team in the <laughs> southern region. They were hanging from the rafters every night the Rock and Roll was in town, Okay. Rock and roll would get gifts from people like they'd make them t-shirts or they'd give them what, what have you. Well, rock and roll would take these t-shirts that fans would give them shred it up, autograph it and sell it as headbands at their gimmick stands. (laughs) So that's not to say they were bad people, but everybody had to make a buck in the nineties. You know what I mean? But it was like you said though, man, um, you know, there's not much doubt in my mind that if you would have went up to uh, Tim Horner, um, if you'd went up to the Rock and Roll Express, Tracy Smothers, um, probably even the Dirty White Boy, if he wasn't playing, you know, his heel gimmick, and I would right. dare even say Jim Cornette, um, right. that if you would have went up to them and said, "Hey, you know, uh, my son's wanting an autograph," and they said, "Oh, that'll be ten bucks," and you said, "Oh, well, I, I, I don't have it." and started to turn and walk away, they would have said, you know what, come on over here. And they would have done it. Or, you know, what, whatever you would have needed. If you just said, I'm hungry, uh, I'm going to go over here. If they had heard you talking, I guarantee you, they would have said, here, here you go. Here's your $10 bill. Go over to Wendy's and get you something to eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Cornette was saying. <laughs> and, what, and if that deal was made, what would you have had to have gotten at Wendy's, Jared? <laughs> Double cheese! Double onion, double mayo. <laughs> Not gonna say that's that. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad.
glad to know that even of all this time of us apart and not podcasting, you know, when I throw you an alley-oop that you have to slam it down. So thank you for doing that. I appreciate that. In the meantime, if you are just now checking us out, welcome to the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. This is a show that is for the fans, by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcasting, Chris Belcher. Follow me at Chris Belcher 24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The show is at PBW Podcast. We bring you new content every Monday and Wednesday on the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel, Sportswire Radio, and of course, wherever you find your podcast. Make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you throw us some love on social media. Make sure you support our partners. I know we would all appreciate that. Joining me on this old school episode, literally an episode I could not do without this guy, uh, my brother from another mother, the whole podcasting show, Jared Justice, is with us. And Jared and I, as we sit here and told stories about going to Smoky Mountain Wrestling, probably the most underrated territory in all of the territories, we went to so many shows together, man. We saw so many different people. Uh, we sit here and talked about it. Uh, and I'm sure we've left some people out. You know, there was one Smoky Mountain event. I vividly remember the main event was Earthquake and King Mabel. I mean, my goodness. So, and that's when the ring broke down. <laughs> that's what, yeah, of course. And I was sitting ringside, front row. My goodness. Um, so all of these, all of these crazy events that we've gone to and got to see all of these crazy people, man. Talk about how, I know this was in the mid-90s, and we're looking at this through rose-colored glasses because I feel like that's the way everybody looks at wrestling from the mid-90s, you know what I mean? So talk about, though, as best you can, even though we were there as little kids, and we've obviously grown up a little bit since then, not a lot, but a little bit. Um, Talk about how going to Smoky Mountain and watching Smoky Mountain and meeting these wrestlers from Smoky Mountain. Talk about how all of those experiences shaped your wrestling fandom, if you can put that into words or, or as best you can. Ford Trucker! <laughs> if, if any of you all want something to wrestle with, you'll get what I just said. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but anyways, um, man, you know, um, looking back now, it set the bar pretty high for what my expectations are nowadays for wrestling. Um, sure. You know, you got such good shows, and these guys may not have all been the greatest technical wrestlers. I mean, they just weren't. But you got your money's worth every time you went. I mean, there was never a show that I went to. Um, and I honestly think that I could go back at my age now. Um, and probably have the same experience, you know, uh, if you took me back in time, my current form of 37 years old, plopped me back in those days and sent me to a Smoky Mountain Wrestling show, I think I would leave and say, oh my God, I can't wait to go back to see another one. But um, I mean, it was just, sometimes now you go to these shows and I don't know if it's because of, of the way that Smoky Mountain and early WCW, and early WWF, if, if that shaped us to expect something that we mm. don't get now, and so we look at it as being negative, or mm. if it really was just a better quality product back then because you had such a good time. And I mean, nobody yeah. overanalyzed all this crap. You know, right. nobody cared. Um, oh, we had two disqualifications in one night. That's a bunch of crap. Nobody cared. Right. You went, right. you had a good time. Uh, there weren't podcasts that um, that analyzed everything, which is what we do here. Um, there weren't books being wrote about, oh, well, 
you don't really know, but behind the scenes, it really wasn't that good of a time because this, 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 and this, and blah, blah, blah. Um, We just knew that we were going out there, we were watching the show, and it was tons of fun. And and so I think that's what people around our age look for now. That's what we want WWE and AEW to be. And sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. So I don't don't know. I'll say that. I'll say this. I totally, I, I 100% agree with you. Like, I think if I went to a Smoky Mountain show, like I've been to some indie shows in my adult life, I guess I would say. Um, and I've looked at things and been like, oh, well, that was okay. And I've looked at things like, oh man, that was fantastic, you know? And it's because I'm jaded and I'm accustomed to a certain type of wrestling. And I understand that. But at the same time, I will tell you this. You mentioned earlier that WWE has some Smoky Mountain shows on Peacock, which they do. And I've gone back and watched a couple of those in preparation for this podcast. First one I turned on, the first wrestler I saw was Bobby Blaze. And I immediately was hooked in. I was like, yes, (laughs) this is my childhood. This is amazing. But anyway, um, in watching that, Looking at some of the storylines, for example, uh, Jim Cornette and uh, Bob Armstrong getting into a little tiff and Bob Armstrong winning a match and earning the the commissioner's role back. We still use that storyline to this day. Like, how is that stuff not good? You know what I mean? But then there there was another storyline where Chris Candido and Tracy Smothers had a couple of guys that were under them that they were basically betting on them wrestling. Like Candido was like, I'm going to, I'll put up $2,500 that my guy can beat your guy. And so like there's, it's all on how you look at it. Like I said, you all may watch Smoky Mountain and not look at it like through the rose colored glasses that we do. But wrestling, if you listen to even Bruce Pritchard talk about it, Wrestling storylines have just been recycled for years and years and years. There's just a little spin on it here and there. There's new characters. It's all the same stuff. So, yeah, Jared, like you said, you know, transplant 33-year-old Chris uh, into Pikeville College Gymnasium for Smoky Mountain Wrestling Show, and I guarantee you I'm going to have a good time. It's good stuff. And they would not have made the impact that they made, they being Smoky Mountain Wrestling, would not have made the impact they made had it not been good because Southern wrestling fans are not, if it's not good wrestling, the people are not going to continue to come back and they kept coming back. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so here, here it begins, but I'm saying this about AEW and WWE. Um, the reason why, uh, you know, that lately I've struggled with being interested in the current product and the current product, I mean, every bit of, um, wrestling in general, but the thing that I think looking back, there was usually, it felt like there was some reason for this match and the majority of the time. You know, you had two guys who just did not like each other for some reason. They'd run their mouths off. Maybe mm-hmm. somebody bet money. Maybe maybe it's just I'm better than you. Maybe it's, oh, this guy's the new guy in town, and I'm the old, the old guard, and I'm going to show him who's boss. 
Right. But a lot of times now, I feel like I've turned the product on on TV again, either show, and there's just randomly two guys that don't really seem, I mean, they don't dislike each other. Maybe they're best friends. Mm-hmm. And they get in there and they have a match, and, you know, sometimes it's a heck of a match. But you look back on it and you're like, there, there's no real story. I mean, why why am I watching this? This is not right. good good guy versus bad guy. This is right. not good versus evil. And right. back, back then, I think that most of your story was good versus evil. And maybe that can be blamed on the NWO coming along. Mm-hmm. They were the first faction that really kind of, it's shades of gray. And then you had the attitude era. And there's really not good guys and bad guys. So right. maybe that's what kind of killed it. And that's what I'm looking for that I don't get. And I understand that, oh, well, you know, this guy has a cell phone and he takes selfies of himself with uh, the fallen wrestler after he's beat him. Ah, you know, <laughs> he just doesn't do it for me, man. Uh, right. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe these kids today, it does. You know, that, that they've grown up just knowing cell phones and maybe that's something that makes sense to them. But in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, this is stupid. So. Right. No, I definitely get what you're saying. I mean, and... Smoky Mountain was a way to like a guy could come out and all I had to do was talk about the guy in the front row. And suddenly you had 300 people booing him out of the building and it didn't matter who came out of that locker room to challenge him. The fans were behind him. You know what I mean? And that's all it took. That is all that it took. Speaking of coming out of the locker room, one of the things that I applaud AEW for so much and that I love AEW for so much is having a separate heel and babyface entrance. Where'd they get that one, Jared? Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Because of all of the wrestling shows that you and I have ever been to, independent or not, I haven't seen or known of any other promotion, and they could have, and I just may not know about it, having a separate heel and babyface entrance. And that just sets the tone for the whole thing. Kudos to Smoky Mountain. Yeah, I'm thinking back because I I had actually forgot that. But I think you just had basically like one side of the arena, you had like a door Mm -hmm. that the wrestler would come through and come down the aisle. And then the opposite side, you would have, you know, the good guy or bad guy, the opposite of the first Mm -hmm. one that came out. They Mm -hmm. would come out from the other side. So yep. it looked like that these people genuinely did not like each other. Right. Um, and it's just a little thing, but uh, it does make a big difference, I think. It was a way to keep kayfabe, I guess, while we were still keeping kayfabe. Um, but, man, we're kind of winding down here <clears throat> on what we've got with Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Smoky Mountain came to an end in the end of 1995. Jim Cornette went full-time with the WWF. Uh, He was, as you guys know, he was managing Yokozuna, um, Owen Hart, British Bulldog, that crew, Vader, beginning of 96. That's what everybody really knows him for in the WWF. He also took a full-time gig in the creative room, creative team. And for more on that, please listen to something to wrestle with. There's a whole episode about Jim Cornette. And there's some fantastic stories about his car getting demolished and just his just rat. Right. And just <laughs> please go listen to that episode if you want more about Jim Cornette. 
Oh my gosh. Actually, I think I'm going to listen to that episode when we get down here. Um, but anyway, as a little feller, I cannot tell you that I remember like Smoky Mountain just ceasing to exist. I, I can't, I can't say that for certain, but I can tell you that after 1995, I didn't go to as many wrestling events in person as I would like to have. And unfortunately, that's because Smoky Mountain didn't come along. Smoky Mountain was very affordable. I mean, we probably spent 20 bucks and my whole family got in or, you know, what, whatever. Right. Um, so it was family entertainment. It was just like, what are we going to do tonight? We could go to the movies. We could go do this or we could go see wrestling. Like it was a eight and every weekend family night event. You know what I mean? Yep. So get it just seeing that Smoky Mountain only had about a three year run, but the way that WWE has at least put some of their stuff on the network, man, it just goes back to my other point earlier. I just don't feel like Smoky Mountain gets the love that they deserve. And does it get lifted on the pedestal that they should for the success that they had? It blows my mind, man, that, that you just said that they basically just had like a three year run. Yep. Um, I mean, I just had so many memories. It seemed like it spanned, for years and years and years and years. Um, but um, I, I think that they were a lot like ECW. Um, they had a really good product for the fans that liked it. Now, you may or may not think ECW was good or, or whatever, but uh, and you may or may not think Smoky Mountain was good. But they definitely had a, had a fan base. And had they been able to make a deal with the right people, and get this thing pushed, you know, nationwide, um, I think that they could have possibly still been in existence or at least had like a 10 to 15 year run. I mean, my God, look at TNA. How long have they been around? And nobody even wants them around. Um, but, <laughs> but, but, but like a hair and a biscuit, you can't get rid of them. Um, right. And so, um, yeah, man, I, I think probably just, they just didn't get um, the sponsorship in time and uh they ended up you know kind of going under and, and it's a shame I, I think that uh corny in charge of a, of a wrestling organization in 2022 could could be highly entertaining so i mean it i would be, i would pay to say it it would be highly something let me just tell you uh, <laughs> let me just tell you there wouldn't be no johnny knoxville matches happening in smoky mountain wrestling let me just tell you and he wouldn't have uh, old Twinkle Toes, uh, Kenny Omega, there either. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe he calls him Twinkle Toes. That's so funny. <laughs> so funny. And it fits. It does. If you watch his match and, like, he's Twinkle Toes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, so we talk about Smoky Mountain and. I've, I've mentioned several times on this show about us looking at it through rose colored glasses. And maybe we do that, but I encourage you folks who are watching and who are listening to our show, go on the Peacock, go look in the WWE section, click on territories and you'll find Smoky mountain wrestling. Okay. Just go watch it for yourself. Watch some rock and roll express matches. Watch some Chris Jericho stuff. Watch some of these guys. Okay. If maybe you'll find some, uh, I'm not sure. Cause I have it, you know, dove all the way into the catalog that they have there, but there may be some appearances by WWF guys on there. I'm sure there's an undertaker Unibomb match on there somewhere. 
go find some of those matches and just watch it for yourself. And for those of you who still may not think that it's good, that's your own opinion. Here's a fact that I will back it up with, and we'll kind of close out with this. Here's a fact that I'll back it up with that I think proves that Smoky Mountain was good. We sit here and we talk about all the people that came from Smoky Mountain, blah, blah, blah. In 1993, Smoky Mountain had a working relationship with both the WWF and the WCW. So there was an exchange of talent. Talent came there to work off the ring rust if they had time off or injury or, again, if they needed a favor or whatever. So there was a working relationship with both companies. Okay? So much so that the Rock and Roll Express and the Heavenly Bodies, you know, we talked about that feud earlier, Jared. I don't know if you know this or not. Rock and Roll Express and Heavenly Bodies had a tag team match on Super Brawl 1993. I think that may have been like the second Super Brawl. They had the same tag team match. For the same Smoky Mountain tag team titles as Survivor Series of the same year. Now, to put it into context... In 1993, we didn't have 12 pay-per-views a year. We had eight total, probably. Yeah. And the same match from Smoky Mountain Wrestling happened on both of those big shows. Number one, how cool is that? Number two, Jared, that just goes to show you not only how good were those four guys in the ring, but how good the product was, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I did not know about, um, Super Brawl, but I didn't know about Survivor Series. Right. Um, and I remember the first time I saw that, I mean, I was baffled. I was yep. like, oh my goodness. I did not even know this occurred. Um, but you yep. know that, um, they were putting on, like you said, a quality product and those two tag teams were two of the best. Yep. Um, if WCW and the WWF, the two big organizations or federations or whatever you want to call them, were using them, and they both showcased the exact same match with the exact same wrestlers. Um, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It really and is. You, I mean, that, that would never happen in 2022. A company no. would not have an affiliation with WWE and AEW and have that match on both shows in the same year. That would never happen. No. I mean, that just goes to show you how much wrestling has changed. All right, man, let's put a bow on this episode. It's been a lot of fun uh, going back through our memories and talking about some fun stuff from Smoky Mountain. And I don't know, I feel like I'm trying to prove to our listeners that don't know about Smoky Mountain. Like, what are you missing? Like, Come on. Um, Jared, anything you want to add uh, before we sign off uh, on this episode? Um, one question I was going to ask you, and this just as we were talking about everything, uh, not that it's anything big. What did Crush ever pass through Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Um, in my list of wrestlers that I wrote down, I did not write down his name. That doesn't mean that it didn't happen. For some reason, uh, I have that in my mind, but I can be completely wrong. Well, he was. Let's see. He debuted in WWF in '93. Um. I think 93, maybe late 92. No, he was earlier than that because he was in demolition in 90. Mm-hmm. Um, 
there's a good chance that he probably did. I don't know that to be a hundred percent fact, but I'm sure that he, I mean, the who's who of the wrestling world. Like you can go watch episodes of Smoky Mountain that are on Peacock right now. Lex Luger and Jeff Jarrett are on there cutting promos about Smoky Mountain shows. So like the Steiner brothers passed through there. Like everybody has pretty much has wrestled in Smoky Mountain. Just about everybody who's everybody has wrestled in Smoky Mountain. It's killer. Yeah, but, so but I mean, yeah, if, if you if you have some time and you're, I mean, everybody's got time from time to time and you're kind of just bored of thinking, what, what am I going to do with the next 15, 20 minutes? Like Chris said, go to the cock, turn on some Smoky Mountain Wrestling, just pick a random show, watch 10 or 15 minutes and see if you get hooked. And uh, it's highly likely that you will. Uh, so you may end up binge watching some Smoky Mountain Wrestling as a result of this. But uh, it's highly entertaining stuff, and uh, yeah, I just wish more people were aware of it, man. And and like you said, I, I hate that it doesn't uh, kind of live on um, like it probably should. One last thing as we wrap up, I'm gonna have Jared tell a story. This uh, story comes from the fall of 2018, <clears throat> the 70th anniversary of the NWA that show was held at the fairgrounds in Nashville, Tennessee. And Jared and I bought some meet and greet passes to meet Jim Cornette, <laughs> who, we have, who we have mentioned several times on this podcast. And for those of you who may not know, Jim Cornette ran Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Okay, he was he created it, he owned it. Jim Cornette ran it. Well, Jared gets the bright idea. We're standing in line, and Jared says, Hey. I'm going to tell him about seeing Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And I said, please do, because I want to see his reaction. So, Jared, take it away. We get to the front of the line. We meet Jim Cornette. And so, yeah, first of all, Cornette is a large man. Um, I mean, I'm 5'9". Uh, Chris is shorter than I am. Yes. But anyways, uh, we're standing there waiting to meet uh, Mr. Cornette. And he has on this suit, and I, I can't remember. It was bright colors. I'm wanting to sure. think like blue and yellow or something like that. Yep, and so, anyways, he he's signing autographs. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm not signing for you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my book. Oh yeah, I'm not signing for you. Oh, nice to meet you. And you know, just going on like Cornette does. And okay. so we get up there, and uh, he says, "Hey y'all, how you doing? Yeah, I'm not signing for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I say, um, "I remember you coming." To Pikeville to see smoke, you know, or to with Smoky Mountain Wrestling back in the day. I said, uh, um, Bluegrass Brawl, that that was a big one. Uh, I was there. Oh my god, you got Bluegrass Brawl, you're Pikeville. I remember Pikeville. Oh my god, Eastern Kentucky. Yes, I just love it. Now, 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 do you remember? And he just starts going on. And I mean, this man would not shut up. And I mean, I was tickled as a pig in crap. And I'm right. sitting there talking to him. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smoking my grass and yeah, they're holding the bodies. Uh. And he's just going on. And I look over and he has this huge grin that is extending from ear to ear. Like, like he's just enjoying the heck out of this. Yes. And Cornette's losing his mind to the point that, like, finally, I think that somebody, like, kind of motioned for us to move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. All but, that. Um, to- Cornette was the one that, quit, that wouldn't quit talking, and they were trying to right. shoe us on, I guess, to encourage uh, Corny to shut up. But, uh, but yeah, man, I was uh, I was very happy that I did that. 
just goes to show you, man, that that happened in 2018. Smoky Mountain closed its doors in 1995. That was 23-year gap. And the dude gets that excited when somebody brings up Smoky Mountain Wrestling? Like, come on. Like, this has had a huge impact, not only on his life, but all the guys that, that were in the organization. It's so cool, man. Like, like I would love to be able to go to some of these wrestlers if I was privileged to meet them and just ask them about their time in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yeah. Well, I mean, Dutch, Man, Dutch Mantel's books. I'm telling you, man, we're not getting paid for uh, for pushing this stuff, but uh, that tells a lot about Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, and so I, I would recommend those. And I know Jericho talks about it some in his first book as well. Uh, I don't remember how detailed that he is uh, because it's been a while since I read his very first book. But I do know he talks about it because I remember reading Pikeville, Kentucky in the book. So yes. I know that he talks about it. So all that to say, guys, again, spend some time. Look up some stuff from Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Watch some stuff. It does not look like wrestling in 2022. It just does not. But if you're a fan of some old school stuff or you want to uh, check out some stuff that we're digging, go check out Smoky Mountain Wrestling on Peacock. And while you're at it, go check out some past episodes of ours available in the archives. We talk all kinds of old school stuff. We even talk new school stuff. There's something for everybody on the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. So that's wherever you find your podcast. That's on Sportswire Radio. It's on the Bodyslam.net YouTube channel. Subscribe wherever you find the show. Uh, download it each and every Monday and Thursday. Give us a five-star review. All those things we would greatly appreciate. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. Jared, you're becoming a regular again. It's it's fantastic. I love it. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> well, don't blame it on me. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. That's going to do it, though, as as Jared gives the old Larry Sabisco wave. It's a pleasure always having him on. Uh, my name is Chris Belcher. Thank you for hanging out with us on this edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, and we will catch you guys down the road.